podcast brought to you by Read More Media. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Thank You for Asking. We took last week off because, you know, on this show, we love to prioritize our mental and our physical health. I really needed to do both last week, so we didn't drop an episode for the first time, I will say, since we launched the show. But we're back, and it's just me on the mic today. Did you miss me? I missed you all. For the past couple of days, I've actually been away. My dad and my younger sister and I road tripped it down to North Carolina. We normally do these like big annual family reunions. So everyone comes down and we have family like in a couple different places. Like some people are still in North Carolina, people in Jersey, Maryland, like really all over. So it's a big deal and everyone gets to come back to North Carolina and just spend time. But obviously, We couldn't do like the regular shindig, whole shebang because pandemic, but we were able to do something that was like much scaled down and make some adjustments so that we could all safely spend time together. And it was so nice. I haven't seen so many of them in years because obviously pandemic. So I'm super grateful this week that I got the chance to spend that time and see everyone. And honestly, it really hit me this time around that we have no idea what the next six months or a year will look like. Like, And not even saying within this current situation, I just mean in general, like no one thought in February of 2020 that we would still be in this same position come 2021, but here we are. And, you know, global pandemics happen, life in general happens, we cannot predict the future. So I've been really focusing on just being grateful for the present, making the present count. And this trip just kind of like, really brought that back to me and really helped me get centered and grounded again. And I didn't realize how much I needed it until I was in it. Like I said, we've done this trip to North Carolina so many times. It's like a big annual thing that our family does. And honestly, I think this is the first year that it actually really clicked for me. Like the purpose of my family having that space, both physically, like for all of us to be there together in North Carolina, but also just like the space that we've occupied, like the history of my family there. Since we've come back, I've become obsessed with like trying to track our family tree and learn as much about our history in North Carolina as possible. So that's been a really interesting journey to endeavor upon. But this was the first time it really clicked for me. And if you followed me for a while, or if you were following along on Instagram when I was sharing the trip, I actually lived in North Carolina for a while. My younger sister was born in North Carolina. We moved there from Newark, New Jersey when I was six years old. And I remember even being that young, feeling like I had literally landed in a completely different world. I'm sure, I mean, I'd been to North Carolina before because like I said, my family was down there. We did trips down there, all that. But this was the first time I was really like aware of being down South. And obviously I was there for a longer period of time than I'd ever been because we had moved. I remember getting made fun of in school because all the kids that I had a northern accent, which I was like, mom, are you, are you, can you believe I'm getting bullied for my accent? And it was just, you know, it was literally a whole different world. I remember being confused coming home because the school had told us that we needed to have tennis shoes for gym. And I'd never heard anyone call sneakers tennis shoes before. 
And I was like, oh, I guess they're like really into tennis down here. So I like went home and I was like, mom, I don't have the right shoes. I have to buy new shoes. It was hilarious. Six-year-old me was very confused. And I overall just like never really gelled with the South. Like I'm a very, very up North East Coast kind of girl. It was too hot. It was too slow. It was too old. Like the house we lived in was literally the house that my great grandparents had lived in. And a lot of their stuff was still in the house. It was frozen in time in a way. Like everything just felt so dated when I was down there. The pace of life, even, and this is literally my observations. We lived there for seven years, I think, six or seven years. So from like six to maybe 12, these were, this is like my observations. Oh, I had to be younger than 12. So maybe not six years. I don't know. For a while, we were down there for a good chunk of years. And these are all the observations I'm having. I'm just like, I just don't care for North Carolina. I was like, it's a cute visit, but I I just did not want to be in North Carolina anymore. Um, eventually, we did go back to New Jersey. But the reason that we had come down to North Carolina to live was, I mean, there were many reasons, which I learned more of every single day talking to my parents. But my grandmother, my dad's mom, was the main reason. She was getting older. She was getting sick. And I think that she already knew that she wasn't going to be with us for that much longer. And she wanted her final resting place to be home. And the house that we lived in was her childhood home. So I'm bringing this up, not because I just want to like talk about North Carolina and my family, which I could talk about all day long, but because I know lately a lot of us due to the pandemic and just because life is generally a lot, we're suddenly in a position where we find ourselves starting over. I shared on Instagram recently that I'm now freelancing full-time. A lot of you have shared that you are starting new jobs or deciding to leave a job, moving into new houses, buying houses, selling houses, or just in general facing some kind of new beginning. And being in North Carolina, it was interesting to me like that my grandmother and all of her siblings, well, not all of her siblings, mostly her sisters, <laughs> When they were in this house, it really was their launching pad. Like all of them eventually move to New Jersey, move up north and start their lives, start their careers. Like for them, their new beginning was leaving that place. But all of them in some way, I feel, ended up coming back there. And so finally being back there and being connected to that, I feel like I got a lot of clarity just about like, what does it mean to start over? What does it mean to have roots someplace and then pick up and go someplace else. I definitely do not have all the advice, all the wisdom on this. I am very much learning as I go. But I do feel like after this trip, I had the time and the space to get grounded, to clear my head. And I just want to share what I do know because I am a planner and I have not really been following the plan I was the kind of person where I graduated high school and I like had a checklist and I was just checking boxes. I was doing all the things that I said I was going to do. I was doing all the things that I wanted to do. And I thought that I was going in a direction that was the perfect direction for me. You couldn't have told me that every choice that I'd made, every decision that I'd made wasn't the perfect choice and decision. And that I was climbing this trajectory and I was successful. Like I felt very successful and now I'm in a place where I'm like, oh, actually, I didn't take these 84 things into account. And I couldn't have because those things didn't become relevant or apparent to me until I was in a position to really step back and see them like I am now. So that might be the reality for a lot of you, whether it comes to jobs, where you're living, relationships, what the next four, five, six years look like. And the fact that we, I think, are now more aware than ever that uncertainty is literally always around the corner. 
and we can make our best plans. But the real thing that we need to be focused on aren't the things that we do, the check boxes. It's more the overall life that we're building for ourselves, the overall ideal that we're living right now. It's not about those moments, those checkable moments. It's about the big picture. So these are my takeaways about the big picture. I have four of them. Before I share my four takeaways, I want to share some advice that my great uncle, Uncle Ronnie, shout out to Uncle Ronnie, he be knowing, um, something that he said. He told this to my dad and it's advice that was specifically given to talk about like money, but I think that it really applies to money, career, life in general. And it just really resonated with me. I shared it on Instagram and it seemed to really resonate with a lot of you. So I wanted to share it here on the show. So he says, it doesn't matter how much money you're making. What are you doing with it? Are you using it to make the life that you want today and the one that you'll want tomorrow? You don't have to do a big thing in every season, but you make one right choice every day and you might end up someplace worth being sooner than you think. So that really spoke to me. And I think that that kind of led to me scribbling down these four things when we were on our way back up north from North Carolina. You know, I journal everywhere I go. And so this is what I know about starting fresh, about starting over, about new beginnings. And I would say it's also just how I'm approaching now being a perpetual draft. I think there's so much pressure to be the final project, but being the final project means you're done. And to me, that doesn't sound like you're still living life anyway. So here are the four things that I know about new beginnings and starting fresh. The first is probably the most important. You do not have to share your plan with everyone. Take the pressure of having the perfect narrative about what you're doing and where you're going off. I think one thing that has led me or stopped me from making scary choices, even when I knew that I could do it, when I knew it was right for me, when I had total faith that it was the perfect decision for me in my life was that I didn't understand how I would tell it to people. How am I going to explain to them what I'm doing? How am I going to deal with them not approving of what I'm doing? How am I going to deal with the judgment that comes from them not quite understanding the new path that I'm taking or the journey that I'm on? And social media doesn't help. Obviously, I'm the kind of person where I'm very online. Um, I share a lot of what I do on the internet in moderation, of course, and with boundaries, but still, I share a lot. And whether you are a content creator or not, you likely share a lot either online with your friend group, at the dinner table with your family, and there can be a lot of pressure about having the perfect pitch to tell people what you're doing. Like you want the people that you love to be totally sold and bought into what you're doing. And a lot of times I think that we believe, and in some cases it may be true, that the support of our loved ones are contingent upon them being bought into the plan. That is not a feasible way to live your life. It's, it's just not. There's not always going to be an easy elevator pitch for the risk that you're taking or the changes you want to make in your life. But is it worth having a story that just makes you miserable to tell? I would rather not quite be able to explain what I'm doing and just do it and then be like, this is what I did, than to worry so much about how I'm going to explain every step I'm making, every decision that I'm pondering, every choice that I have to make because that's not going to help me reach my goals. That's not going to help me keep onward momentum. So that's the first thing. You don't have to share with everyone. And obviously, this is something that you have to write down, work out on your own, because 
it's probably also not feasible for you to never tell anyone what you're doing. Like you can't just tell everyone to mind their, I mean, you can tell everyone to mind their business, but eventually you're going to want to be able to like participate in a conversation. Your life is likely to come up, but don't feel that you have to share more than you're comfortable sharing with. Like you don't owe anyone, all of you all the time. Keep that in mind. The second thing I know, clarity comes with consistently being quiet The one thing that I've always struggled with in North Carolina is going to sleep because it's just so quiet at night. Like I need, at this point, I've lived in the city now for like almost 10 years. I need a siren. I need a a loud, angry neighbor yelling on the street. I need like some broken glass. I need to hear a car backfiring outside. That's how I get my most peaceful sleeps at this point in my life. So when I'm down there and I'm going to sleep, you literally only hear the sounds of like crickets and silence. And I'm not the kind of person that can really sit in the quiet. Even when I'm reading, I put like the TV on or something on in the background. But I've and I've really struggled with meditation for this reason as well. I love meditation, but I always have to do a guided meditation because just sitting in the quiet, if I go longer than like six minutes, it just I get so distracted and I ended up losing more because of the distractions that I'm gaining from the meditation. So I've learned, though, that consistently finding time in whatever way you do to be quiet is so important. For me, that's like my morning Bible prayer journaling time. That is my time where I'm like, I don't have to think about other things. That's why I do it first thing in the morning before I'm scrolling and reading and listening to other things. I just need to be quiet with myself, check in with me, get grounded, and really have that to like springboard myself into the day. It helps tremendously with just making decisions, with being honest with yourself. A lot of the times we can't even answer what we want or what we want things to look like or sound like or be because we haven't taken the time to be quiet enough to know what we want. Like, how crazy is that? We don't even know the full extent of our own desires because we're just constantly on go. That's not a way to live your life. Along with being quiet, I think that You need to find time to write down the things that you're taking away from your quiet time. We had Jane Allen on the podcast a few weeks ago, and she talked about when she was writing Black Girls Must Die Exhausted and had set some intentions for what she wanted the book's rollout to be. She literally wrote it down. She wrote down what she wanted it to look like, sound like, what she wanted it to do in the world, the kind of impact that she wanted to make with the project. And everything that she wrote down is now coming to pass. It didn't come to pass all at once. And it took time. But because she had the vision and spent that time being quiet and then put pen to paper, she was able to literally see her vision come to life from the page. And I've done the same thing. You all know I've been journaling since I could write. And to go back in my old journals and read things that I was writing, not even fully understanding what I was writing down now coming to pass in my life or seeing things that I've done that I wrote about in journal entries when I was 12 or 13 years old. That is so incredible to me. It will never not be one of the most powerful things that I've done. And I just encourage everyone, whether you are starting fresh or just going day by day, spend some time getting quiet and writing down your thoughts, your plans, your intentions, whether you keep them in a journal, whether you open up a blank page on Notion, like whatever, wherever, just get your thoughts down on paper so you can also track your progress, which brings me to my next point. Speed does not denote progress. 
I think that there is so much pressure right now to do things quickly. Like you get an idea. It's like, how fast can you execute it? How quickly after you graduated, did you get a job? How quickly after you got the job, did you get promoted? How quickly after you met him, did you start dating? How quickly after you date, can you get engaged? How quickly are you going to have a kid? Like there's so much pressure to go quickly. And I get it. No one wants to wait forever to get the things that you want, but speed doesn't always denote progress. And I think a lot of the reason why people are feeling some kind of way of being in this season of fresh beginnings and starting over is because they feel like they went zero to a hundred and now they're back down at zero when they didn't expect that. But maybe the point was that you were never supposed to go zero to a hundred. You oversped. It wasn't that you weren't doing what you're supposed to do. You just did it all in your own time. And I've definitely come to learn that like my own time is not even a thing anymore. I think detaching yourself from speed denoting progress also helps you to detach yourself from some of the comparison that we bog ourselves down with. You see other friends or other peers in your age group or at your career level, and they've done X, Y, Z in the same amount of time that you have been in the world and it makes you feel a way, but that does not mean anything. Imagine spending 30 years building a career and then you get to the end of that career and realize it was nothing that you were meant to do. You did what you were supposed to do in that same amount of time, but you did the wrong thing. Like it's the equivalent of going into a race and running the entire thing backwards, but the fastest. So you ended up at the wrong line, but you were the fastest. And that is just not what I want to do. I think that there is a lot to be said for taking the time to figure out how to do things the way that you're supposed to do them rather than rushing and making a mess of it and then spending more time cleaning up that mess than you are enjoying the journey that you're on. This is definitely the most frustrating one. I'm going to admit it. Having to go slowly does not come naturally. And I think especially for like the millennial age group, we don't do slow well. We are of the of the mindset of like, make it happen, do it. Okay, I want to do this. Next step, next step, next step. We are movers in that way. But like, let's just slow down a little bit. This was my biggest lesson in North Carolina. It's okay to go slow. It's fine to slow down. Your pace is your own. No one else's pace matters. It's a marathon. Going fast is going to tire you out. And we don't have time to be tired because we have so much to do. And the last thing maybe this one is more, even more important than number one. The assignment is not multiple choice. It is open-ended. We keep boxing ourselves into these like plans for our lives where it's like, oh, I decided in college or I decided after high school or I decided when I knew about our family business that I was going to grow up to become X and that was a choice I made and that is a thing I have to become. And if I derail from becoming that, then I have failed or I did not complete the assignment. And that's just not the case. Life is so big, so vast. We live so much life. Why on earth would we think that there was only one potential assignment for us to complete in a lifetime? That's just impossible. This is an open-ended assignment. You can start and pack so much in to that answer. It's multi-step. There's the multiple sub-assignments, like, and there's more to learn as you complete each level of it. Like, there's not just one way. You could have done a whole half of the assignment that led you to one specific answer, and now you're moving on to the second part. I think a lot of this stigma around not having like one set thing you want to do forever comes with my first point of wanting to be able to have the perfect narrative for what you're doing with your life. 
it's harder to describe being a multi-hyphenate in a way that sounds really pretty and like ties up nicely in a bow. And for anyone who hasn't heard that term before, a multi-hyphenate is just a person with several professions or skills. But we're all multi-hyphenates, whether we want to be or not, whether we are creatively or not. No one just fulfills one role. You're not just an employee. You're not just a daughter, not just a son, not just a sister, not just a brother, not just a friend, not just an entrepreneur, not just anything. We all fill so many roles. So why would we think that our lives purpose are attached to only accomplishing one thing? And if you really look closely at all the things that you're interested in, all the things that you want to do, all the things that you want to be and build your life around, you will probably be able to find more interconnected threads, more crossover more of a big picture than you give yourself credit for. I am personally putting all four of these things on a post-it note and attaching it to my computer screen. I'm writing them in the front page of my planner and I'm putting them in my journal because I know I'm gonna have to remind myself of them over and over again until I really drill this down in my head. But I am so glad I finally got the space to kind of figure out what I needed to figure out. And I know that there will be so many more new beginnings to come. And I'm okay with that, kind of. I'm working on it. I'm really not a go with the flow kind of person, but I am working on it. There's a really amazing podcast that I've listened to for, I feel like, years now that I really enjoy called Second Life. And the podcast is all about interviewing people who have had great careers, but have also had a second life of that career and of life in general. So they started doing one thing. And then along the way, they made a pivot and started to do something else. So if you're looking to listen to more stories of people who have really gone from zero to 100 back to zero, have had new beginnings and then ended up okay, I highly recommend listening listening to that podcast. We'll link it in the show notes. I think it's just really nice to remember that you are not the only one doing something new, maybe feeling a little lost, not having exactly the full fleshed out plan, but knowing that you're on the right path in some way, shape or form. I would love to hear about how you all are navigating new beginnings, navigating fresh starts, and what you're doing to feel more grounded in your choices. Obviously, we're not all going back to our family homes in North Carolina, but I would love to hear just about like what getting grounded looks like for you, because that is really step one. You can't have all of these thoughts. You can't have that self-reflection without at first getting grounded and realizing that you need to be self-reflecting. So that's it for this week's episode of Thank You For Asking. I hope it resonated. I hope you got something from it. Please let me know your thoughts on the episode. I would love to chat with you all about how you're navigating this topic. As always, you can ask a question, make requests for future episodes or all that good stuff by emailing tyfapodcast at gmail.com. You can follow the pod at tyfapodcast on Instagram and visit us online at tyfapodcast.com. Please Do not forget to rate and review the show in Apple Podcasts. It makes a huge difference for how people find the show, learn more about us, get to listen to previous episodes. So please, rating and reviewing in Apple Podcasts goes a long way. And share with a friend. If you think that an episode or the show in general will resonate with someone in your life, I would love for you to email it to them, post it in your Instagram story, text it to them, drop it in the group chat, all of the above. Thank You For Asking is a production of Read More Media. I'm your host, Amber Burns, and you can find me online at by Amber Burns. Have an amazing rest of your week, and I will talk to you all next Thursday.